Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tori underscore says and Gab Tori, Tori underscore says, and obviously at Tori says.com where we have the most amazing investigative journalists out there bringing you news, news that you may not find on the mainstream media. And like our president tweeted this morning, why put Sarah Sanders on the podium where she has to go through what she does? Am I right? All they do is harass her, demean her, and it's only specific people. Besides, we watch our president's Twitter and Instagram, and hopefully he'll come to Gab too. A former aide under get the Obama administration the said he was um, From him. Now, before we start, let's listen to the most recent statements, Pompeo, so we can start this talk on Davos. I want to start with Davos today. Then we'll talk about how our president is literally undoing every harmful thing the Hussein administration had done to our nation for eight years. And then I will give you exactly what the news isn't, which is factual proof that the global cabal is losing their mind. And they finally found where they're going to point their finger once these FISA warrants are dropped. And they've already found who they're going to wave that finger at. And we see China sweating. We'll talk about that too. And by the way, as of today, it's the 73rd birthday of the CIA. So happy birthday, CIA. Now let's listen to what our Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had to say as a virtual guest to the World Economic Forum in Davos. Have a listen. Good morning, uh, and thank you, Borgay, for your kind introduction. Uh, and thank you to the World Economic Forum for the invitation to speak today. Uh, it's 18 degrees Fahrenheit here in Washington, D.C. You see the Lincoln Memorial to my back. Uh, so while I'm not here in person, I, I at least feel like I'm in Davos with the weather. You know, it's interesting times that we live in. Over the past few years, all around the world, voters have tuned out politicians and political alliances that they thought weren't representing their interests. A few examples of new directions that people have taken. Brexit, the election of President Macron in France, the rise of the Five Star Movement in Italy, Mahathir's comeback in Malaysia, and of course, Borges, as you referenced, the election of President Donald Trump. In Ohio, Rio de Janeiro, and in Rome, people are asking questions that haven't been asked or at least haven't been taken seriously in an awfully long time. Is economic globalization really good for me? 
Are our political leaders adequately protecting us from threats like terrorism? Are they working to secure our national interests abroad? You all know this. New winds are blowing across the world. The central question is this. Do they signal fair weather or foreshadow a storm? Is this pattern of disruption a force for good or not? I'd argue that this disruption is a positive development. We are embracing time-tested truths. Truths like this. Nations matter. No international body can stand up for a people as well as their own leaders can. Strong borders are key to strong nations. This is how we keep our people safe and protect our sovereignty. Sturdy alliances built on key principles are key to shared security. We need all nations to contribute to security imperatives. President Trump also knows that economic security is national security. Robust defenses aren't possible without healthy economies to undergird them. I'll talk about this for a minute. It's why pro-growth policies matter so much. I'll spend a little time on this, and I'm confident that Secretary Mnuchin will understand if I step on his turf just a little bit here this morning. President Trump's campaign slogan, Make America Great Again, was a call to return America to the principles that have made us the most prosperous nation in world history. It was a rejection of trade arrangements that discounted the interests of American workers. It was a rejection of red tape, which constricted entrepreneurs here in America. This is the lifeblood of our economy. It was a rejection of all high taxes that tell American families that government knows how to spend their money better than those families do. And perhaps more than anything, President Trump's election was a rejection of low expectations. I remember the mantra, I'm sure many of you do, the idea that 2% was the new normal for economic growth. Well, so much for that. Today, thanks to President Trump's pro-growth policies, our real GDP growth here in America has exceeded 3% over each of the last four quarters. And that's not all. Wage growth is up. This matters to hardworking Americans. Job openings outnumber the number of unemployed for the first time on record. The women's unemployment rate recently reached its lowest rate in 65 years. Manufacturing, that's what I did before I entered politics, added 284,000 jobs in 2018, the most since 1997. It was said this couldn't be done. Small business optimism is at a record high. There's more to that story. But the important point is this. The unleashing of animal spirits has allowed our economy to grow even as the global slowdown looms. This economic blueprint, low taxes, streamlined regulations, and trade reform can work for you and your countries as well. The time is now to adopt these policies. I remember President Reagan's maximum peace through strength. This wasn't exclusively military strength. It was the strength created by a free and robust economy that not only creates wealth, but also freedom. As you all know, we face many new threats, some of them not so new. They range from North Korea's nuclear program to Iran's foreign adventurism to China's state-centered economic model, its belligerence toward its neighbors, and its embraces of a totalitarian state at home. Radical Islamic terrorism remains a persistent threat that we will continue to fight together. In all of these areas, we're making progress, but none of this progress could have happened without beautiful coalitions in which America has played a central role. Collectively, we've exerted maximum pressure on North Korea 
and that pressure has gotten Kim to the negotiating table. The United Nations did amazing work, acting as the center of gravity for sanctions that built out this global coalition. We've also assembled a global coalition of nations to confront Iran and support the aspirations of the Iranian people. And we're rebalancing the relationship with China alongside partner nations in Asia and all around the world. It should not go unnoticed that we've also defeated the ISIS caliphate in Syria and Iraq, alongside more than six dozen nations in the global coalition to defeat ISIS. There's a lot more work to do, and with your help, I know we'll achieve it. The United States looks forward to partnering with you to take on the challenges of our time. And Borg, I'm now looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you all very much for the opportunity to make these remarks. Can we all agree that um, Pompeo slayed? Okay. He slayed and he literally slammed all the globalists doing it. He slayed because the first thing he said coming out of the gate as a remote guest on their big screen after patting each other on the back for all their climate change awards and uh, progressive agenda items that they discussed, here he comes saying, there is no international body that can rule for citizens of your country better than you yourself. And uh, this morning, I actually misspoke. I, I called it the Paris Treaty. It was actually the Paris Convention that I was referring to this morning on uh, WFLY with FYL with um, Scott Adams. Because this, these agreements, these let's all pay our fair share according to our growth, right? And work together and decide what's good for all of our people. Didn't start yesterday. Didn't start with Barack. Didn't start with Reagan. Didn't start with any of those. It started in 1883. That was before, actually, the month that it was signed, we had our first telephone call from Chicago to New York. That's how far back... These relationships happen. And like he said, this now, as we see, as our globe, uh, you know, right now is in turmoil, right? Is testing these theories. Testing uh, if such organizations and agreements and for the common air quote, good, um, are actually good for us. People are finally questioning this and we've seen it in Italy in Brazil in our country who the people are voting for they're tired of this oppressive we know best just listen to us because we have agreements this is where history is being tested and their plans that they had which they began in the 1700s with Paris treaties the Paris convention the specific one in regards to inter- intellectual property um uh, i believe and you know no actually i may have it with me it is the Paris convention for the protection of industrial property So basically that was signed in 1883 by countries where they talked about how they safeguard their inventions, what they do. I mean, we were inventing the telephone, electricity came along, right? All of this stuff and we didn't get, want to get knocked off, but there is a specific one called finances, article 16 of it. 
which if you actually pull the original document, you realize that these countries that got together to sign this created their own budget. And dependent on the type of class of country you are, meaning population and growth, you would pay your fair share. We hear President Trump saying this all the time. If you're, a contract is a contract. And if you're not paying your fair share, this is a problem. Because under this treaty, it says, if you're not paying your contract, you have no vote. You cannot have a say. It says, for the purpose, uh, section, um, so Article 16, Section 4A says, for the purpose of establishing its contribution, the countries, towards the budget, each country of the union shall belong to a class and shall pay its annual contribution on the basis of a number of units fixed as follows. So it goes from class one to class seven. And the annual contribution of each country shall be an amount in the same proportion to the total sum to be contributed to the budget of the union by all countries as the number of of its units is the total of units of the contributing countries, right? But it also states that if you're in default, that you, um, it, it specifically, let me read it to be very precise here, so I don't fall in line with fake news. Uh, Section 4E says, a country which is in arrears in payment of its contributions may not exercise its right to vote in any of the organs of the union of which it is a member if the amount of its arrears equals or exceeds the amount of contributions due from it for the preceding two full years. Hey, I think Germany's in that, right? However, any organ of the union may allow such a country to continue to exercise its right to vote in that organ if and as long as it is satisfied that the delay in payment is due to exceptional and unavoidable circumstances. So there were stipulations to hold them responsible, but they also had exceptions, which are exceptional conditions, right? We have had... A global cabal running all of these nations around the world for centuries, not years. And all you have to do is take a trip down history and see this. You will see that there is one agreement where they discussed climate change and how they need to prepare for it when there wasn't even an industrial revolution. We didn't even have supposedly electricity back then. But, you know, they weren't referring to electricity. They were referring to how they can uh, maintain the lands, you know, give back to uh, maintain the planet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those have all been ratified, obviously, and changed and amended throughout the years as technology develops. It's pretty interesting when you listen to what Pompeo said. He said exactly what needed to be said. That even though the global economic view right now, the global economies are crumbling, the United States is killing it. The United States has real, as, as, (laughs) I went to read out his Twitter handle, as our president, Donald Trump said is, the United States has a great economic history to tell. Number one in the world by far. Yes, we do. We are class one. We contribute the most money and we have the largest 
percentage, which is 16% in the World Bank. So yes, we are. And of course, the fake news media won't report it. They won't. Instead, the fake news media is reporting how our president didn't go to Davos. When you remember last year when he went, I think it was there where it's one of my most favorite clips of him pushing through all the the clowns there. You know, they they literally ran him through the mud for going. And now during a su- shutdown, he's like, you know, it's not really important that we go. We need to focus on things here. And besides, he didn't miss anything. All they did was talk about climate change, which has been at the tip of the lips of every single insane radical leftist like Ocasio, who is channeling her inner Al Gore, telling us how the world will end in a dozen of years. (laughs) I remember when he told us we were going to be underwater and I don't have gills yet. The news will not tell you what is really going on. You need to listen to your president. Listen to your secretary of state. They tell you everything you need. Our secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, just slayed and told them, why don't you look after your own people? Like, why are you busy talking about how other people may help you or these relations? Because they're not. What you need to do is focus on your country for economic development. See what your people want because like he said, this could be the prelude to the storm. In actual fact, it is the storm. And we're all part of it. You know, this, this morning, our president also uh, tweeted out how our press secretary does not have to go to the podium as much as she did, right? Because the press covers her, he says, so rudely and inaccurately, in particular, certain members of the press. Uh, certain members, meaning the mainstream media. Maybe Acosta, that crybaby, that wanted to take him to court because he couldn't fathom that he got in trouble. And now there's rules like play nice, hand the microphone over. How ridiculous, right? And he says, I told her not to bother. The word gets out anyway. Most will never cover us fairly, and hence the term fake news. And that is 100% right. Because there are journalists around the world that do exactly that. They listen. They listen to the president because he's going to tell you what the real news are. He's going to tell you what he's doing when it's time to tell you, of course. He's not going to sugarcoat things. He's going to tell you straight out what's going on and how it's going on. So climate change, you know, I am, as, as many of you know, I work in research and the thing about research is, you know, uh, and for all those that are listening, that are aspiring grad students want to get into their PhDs, they know that whatever they discover and they actually put forward through their university, university owns about 85% of whatever your discovery is, but the university will not let you pursue Any research, if there aren't the right lobbies for money, meaning there are literally billions of dollars set aside if you can come up with a new theory that satisfies climate change. This is why we have so many research, and I'm air quoting here, reports on how this is true and it's happening now and we need to rush and we need to pay all this money and we have to do this. And I agree 
that any organism in a biodome can cause stresses to its environment. That is 100% true. We see it in average nature where, uh, you know, if um, a new species decides to relocate due to pressure, say there's a volcano explosion and these birds just fly and go to another island and they, you know, start to hang out there and their main source of food is, for example, worms. And they start digging at the floor to get the worms, but in turn, they're eating up the seeds. And a specific species of plant that's there that only uh, pollinates through seeds falling on the ground is now possibly going to go extinct because these birds are eating it, right? And there weren't any native birds there that would eat those seeds, and now there are. And this is how evolution and changes happen to your actual environment, right? Simple stuff. I just wanted to make it as simple as possible. So it's understandable that us as humans living on this planet, we do cause changes indeed. And that we should be mindful, you know, like we are polluting our waters. That's true. I've been to many beautiful seas and oceans and then you see trash going up. And that's true. That we need to control. We need to find people that can't collect their trash. I mean, in New York, you know, I tell this to people a lot of times. I never bought a newspaper in New York ever because if I got on a train or on a bus, I would definitely find the paper sitting there. Littering is a problem, but emissions is not because harmful emissions come from natural sources that actually can propel change like volcanoes. And we've seen this through documented evidence. There is research where people have taken ice cores dating back almost 300 million years. And they show that there is a cycle phase, kind of like we as human beings have something called a biorhythm, like peaks and troughs throughout the day on how we function, you know, internally, our internal biodome, let's say. The planet has the same with all animals, humans, and everything else we put in it, right? Uh, You know, factories, cars, gas, emissions, all of that. And it goes through a cycle. Now, one can say, well, 300 million years ago, there were no cars. Yes, correct. But the carbon content in our oxygen, in our air, because oxygen is only like 21%, right, Um, was actually higher And then it went lower and then it went higher. So it had peaks and troughs. And if you actually compare the data over a span of 300 million years, we're actually under par, even though we're supposedly contributing to this whole global warming thing, right? Which in essence makes no sense as to how we are propelling it or pushing it forward. That it makes absolutely no sense. For me as a scientist, it makes absolutely no sense. So we have people pandering for us to put money aside or help do things. And the stupid thing is, is that uh, during the Obama administration and and before it, in in the name of climate change, we closed down a lot of factories. And we moved these factories and their emissions to China. I'm sorry. We're under the same sky. 
we are in the same biodome. So instead of having the emissions come out of California or Nebraska, we're now having them come out of Shanghai or Mumbai. And that's okay because it's only going to affect them, not the whole planet. This is how ridiculous it is. And there are people that are buying into it with the fear of, oh my gosh, our planet is just going to go. Yeah. At some point it's going to exhaust. It has a life cycle. It may exhaust. You cannot control that. Just as you cannot control earthquakes. It is a living, breathing, biological whole. If you check DNA of bananas, they actually share DNA with us. Everything on this planet has a portion of DNA that we share because we all are part of this. Now, if we're contributing emissions, it's really not affecting it. The actual science says we are not affecting it. So if there was any changes, any mini ice ages, because there's tons of them throughout history, right? Because this is the way it cycles because the globe itself has its own biorhythms. Hey, you know. So be it. We cannot control that either. What are we going to do? Stop emissions? How? It's not doing anything. It's like saying that the majority is 0.5%. So anyone talking about climate change, I stop them right there, dead in their tracks. Because all I say is, well, why don't you look at the facts? But we all know how people act when you give them facts. Oh, look, there's 1,200 research papers that say climate change is this. Yeah, but look at these people that didn't get money from the same people to write those papers that tell you a completely different story. Fossils tell you a completely different story. History tells you a completely different story. But let's believe the stuff that is funded by the same people. Now, in the next half, we're not going to talk about climate change. But we're going to talk about how the cabal is freaking out right now, and they finally found someone to point the finger at on the cusp of this uh, FISA exposure. It's going to be fun. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? 
Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Sess Show. Again, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm with you 12 to 2 Eastern Time uh, live and taking questions in the second half if anyone wants to call in. I thought I'd get to the meat of things, something that people aren't really talking about. Um, I want to get away from the... uh, news cycles because unfortunately too many of them beat to the drum of the MSM and what they do is they follow fake news and they talk about things that the fake news wants to talk about and usually they're just rebutting uh, telling people how um, you know wrong you know the right media or the conservative media will just rebut rather than give you the news. And like President Trump said, the news will get out there anyway. So all of us are doing that. Here's what we need to be looking at. The global cabal is panicking. President Xi looked a little bit ruffled and uh, distraught the past couple of days seeing him in different speeches. And that's because... He's got, he's been cornered by the whole world, the whole world, not, not, not one person, but the whole world. And right now it seems that our president is the only lifeline he really has, who's trying to work with him to try to fix what has been happening with consent from previous administrations. Okay. With consent from previous administrations. We have all these supposed allies tag-teaming China. Now, during my New Year's broadcast, uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's, I kind of explained to you how China is going to be the main focus in 2019, and I told you what we need to be worried about in regards to artificial intelligence and understand and, and um, come from a more understanding point of view of China, Okay. Where are the most people in the world located? In China. They have the bodies, right? They have the population and they can push through. 
And Pompeo made it known that they have a totalitarian type government, you know, and that is very dangerous. But what happens when you get the whole planet trying to push our president to demolish the relations that he's built with China and why? Here's the why. So we all know that this spygate, this spying on our president, these FISA warrants uh, were issued, and we can see it once the applications are completely released with no redactions, we will see that the European Union, the United Kingdom, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, they all worked in concert with the previous administration and the Clintons to, to, to undermine our democracy and take our government and maintain the power that they've had because this is handed over. They get tapped on the shoulder. Next, next, next. Now, a lot of people would like for me to comment on Kamala Harris. We'll get into elections. This is more important because this is happening now. So our president tweeted out how it was criminal and it maimed the Department of Justice and the FBI and the intelligence community by using a dossier that was funded by the Clintons. But, you know, everything is funded by the Clintons. And, you know, I'm going to be the one that says, hey, guarantee you that wasn't funded by the Clintons because Perkins Coy was cutting the checks and Perkins Coy was cutting the checks from a joint account where it held DNC, Obama for America, or organizing for action, whatever you want to call it now, because he keeps changing his foundation's name, and then Hillary for America. So there was like a bucket account with three different organizations, and you tell me if you can trace which dollar came from where. So let's just, uh, I'm going to go on the limb and say, (laughs) the cabal in general, using Obama, DNC, and Hillary money, paid for this dossier because nothing happens in your government, your FBI, your CIA, your justice department. And Hey, what's going on? Chief justice Roberts. Yeah. Nothing happens without the president's knowledge. Nothing. So we take it back that the leader of any group, any battalion is always held responsible for what their minions do. Obama led this. So it was a crime. Done. But I'll tell you why. So this whole idea of enslaving every man, woman, and child, you know, I've explained and you can go back uh, there on iTunes, on Stitcher. Uh, you can track it down on SoundCloud. Um, in, in those two episodes of my live radio show, uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's, I explained to you what what China's plan is. But see, what the rest of the globe's plan is, is to roll it out differently, a little bit more efficiently, because they don't have as much control as China has over their own people. And so here's where it gets juicy. Remember how uh, Barack Hussein Obama had labeled ZTE, um, you know, as a bad actor for uh, providing telephones to Iran, right? You remember that? He did that, right, in 2016? And not only that, he um, put some crazy tariffs 
on steel imports in March of 2016, like 266%. But no one talked about that. Okay, well, he said that, you know, ZTE was doing, was trading, or what he said was is that they took Hewlett Packard stuff and then resold it to Iran. And we all know what kind of relationship the Obama administration had with Iran. This was just, you know, for show, okay? But now here's where it gets heat up. For some reason, the world... And the media is trying to tell you that ZTE and Huawei, because that is how Huawei is um, pronounced. It's Huawei in Chinese. Um, And in order for me to anglify it, I'd say Huawei. Um, So it's H-U-A-W-E-I. You know, the CFO that was just arrested by Canadians. By Canadians. All right. So they're trying to tell you that they're one and the same. They're not. They're actually competitors. And our president even barred uh, ZTE phones coming in based on the intelligence or the information that the Obama administration had handed over to him. Our president decided rather than take their word for it, he went straight to the source, to China. And he said, all right, what's going on? Give me the skinny. I want to know what's going on. Well, you know, we had an agreement that we could do this and we could do that. And we're doing this because, you know, China hacking us. Is not something, uh, you know, foreign. It's not something that happened yesterday. It's been happening for a very long time. Very, very long time. I had even exposed in an article um, that I wrote through, I think, Big League Politics, that one, where Cisco actually had hardware from Russian companies that would collect data. So this is, you know, you know, proper MO, you know, they create these companies, shell companies and say, we're just collecting. Now, China didn't ever collect consumer information like your information or mine, but they did track government and military. I mean, why wouldn't they? We are their enemies culturally. Everybody is China's enemy. You have to understand your enemy in order to understand why they do something. You have to get into that mindset. If you want to find out how a terrorist operates, you got to think like a terrorist. Well, if you want to think, if you want to figure out what China's doing, you need to think like China. Think about Ma'ana, right? Think about I'm the best. Think about conquering because this is their story. This is their culture. So, conversations happened and our president said, okay, fine, let's do this. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. I will have it thoroughly checked this, 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 because we have just as much technology as they do to detect things. The thing is we just weren't doing any detecting. And here's the crazy thing is that all these, you know, everyone's talking about ZTE, but here's the thing, Huawei, right? Chinese company makes microchips, uh, you know, in China, Where do we make our phones? Oh, isn't that China? So that would mean parts that are in your iPhone, that are in your Blackberries, that are in your uh, Samsungs. Anything made in China can be compromised, of course. Right? 
Why are we manufacturing devices that are an extension of ourselves, our artificial intelligence personas, our AI lives? Why are we outsourcing that to a country that unfortunately, but it's reality, thinks that we are the enemy and one day they will conquer us because that is their goal for eons. Because? Because we let them. And here's the thing, what people don't seem to understand is that this company, this executive that was arrested in Canada is now being blamed by every single nation on this planet to be a spy, to be the reason that information is leaked, to be the reason that dossiers are collated. We've got Germany on the record, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, you name it. And this is where they're pointing the finger to China. And to add to that, and this is where we need to, as citizens of the United States, we need to pay attention, right? Is that if all of these companies, if all of these companies, these countries, because they are companies, right? They're separate entities. We have to look at countries as companies. Uh, But let's say countries, all of these countries are attacking Huawei, right? They are attacking them. This company that they embraced, this company that has penetrated every aspect of our technology willingly by them because they have used their technology, their cheap information. And they're, you know, there's things like, um, you know, in, um, the 5g equipment that they created and contracted with New Zealand has now been banned. You know, uh, British telecom said that they're getting rid of, you know, um, Huawei from their, um, mobile phones and how they operate. Uh, the German government uh, just announced this Thursday that they're figuring out how to get rid of them uh, from its uh, 5G, you know, request for proposals. This is incredible stuff, but here's, here's the really weird stuff. So the thing is, the Obama administration knew this, and in 2015, uh, just so you know, Amazon, right, actually houses all of our government documents. You see it, Amazon Waze. You see it on, right? Their technology has Huawei tech. So they knew this. There's no way the Obama administration didn't know this because here's the thing. Hillary Clinton and this company have a long history, like super long history, where, you know, she's been um, funding, uh, And I'll get into that. But (laughs) so Huawei's 92 core suppliers, right? 33 of them are from the United States. And that would include like Qualcomm, Broadcom, Marvel, Micron, Intel, all of these, right? They supply to them, which then they manipulate and put back. And it's, it's, it's so important that Washington is now saying that, um, it doesn't allow, all these American companies, um, it, now it's saying that it's not letting them sell to them anymore, um, which is a Chinese telecom uh, giant. But what people forget is that um, Hillary Clinton and Huawei have really, really, really good connections, you know, because Huawei was uh, working with Iran. Okay, Uh, and, you know, this comes into how the Clintons came in because they were connected with each other from 
uh, I would say 2012. And there's actually videos promoting this company within the United States that I'll play for you after the break, where they were like toying around asking people if they knew who the company was and how it's pronounced and stuff like that. So it, it, it's pretty clear that this company was used to bypass Iranian sanctions by our government because we know the Obama administration loves Iran. So does the EU. They love their oil and their gas because they get it a lot cheaper than they do from Russia. But, you know, they can't get as much because then everyone would know that they're not upholding what? Uh, Iran sanctions. So this this goes far back from, you know, the Clintons had this uh, guy that would do their fundraising, Terry McAuliffe, right? Um, and he bought like a a company like to create like green cars, right? And from China and he, it was like a Chinese company. And then he like brought it to the U.S. hoping that he would like, you know, propel to make electric cars. Now what he did was her um, top fundraiser, right? The guy that gave her the most money got Huawei to invest in his company through a financing firm that was called Gulf Coast Funds. And guess who manages Gulf Coast funds? Yeah, none other than Hillary, Crooked Hillary's brother, Tony Rodham, right? So here's the thing. Um, They were, you know, they were supposedly the ones raising the funds for them through Huawei. And because he was Hillary Clinton's brother, you know, Huawei decided, okay, I'll fund as long as I can get visas for my guys under, you know, the EB-5 program, which is like if people invest like half a million dollars into the United States. If you're like a foreign person, if you're coming, I don't know, from Romania and you're like, hey, I'm investing $500,000 into the United States states to create i don't know a restaurant empire and i'm gonna employ people you suddenly get a visa it's the eb5 visa it's like the professional one you're creating jobs so we're bringing you in and so um keep in mind that this happened even though the federal government prior to the obama administration had said nope because huawei is linked to um you know the chinese military they said no 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 Now, here's the history of this company that Hillary Clinton and the Obama administration backed and used. Uh, It had stolen intellectual property or stuff from the United States from Cisco. Remember, I said I reported about Cisco. This is where it gets to. And this supposedly stolen tech, uh, you know, now Huawei had. Uh, It also um, was the first one that helped um, put in telecoms for the Taliban in Afghanistan. It also helped um, bring Iraq uh, under the regime of uh, Saddam Hussein to bring, um, you know, telecommunications to the next level, you know, fiber. We're still getting that done. So putting down fiber for them, which is supposedly against the U.S. sanctions they had at the time, you know, because they were at war with Iraq because, you know, oil and stuff. So they violated U.S. sanctions, did that. I mean, regardless if the sanctions were fair or not, that's none of our business. The bottom line is there were sanctions. So they did all this against our regulations. And not only that, not only had they done that and still Hillary Clinton boasted them and still they've been incorporated in our tech during our Obama administration. But even in 2013, 
It was made known that they even tried to sell what I was saying before, HP stuff to um, Iran, which is which was a country that had sanctions. So basically the only reason they got held uh, responsible and accountable is, you know, they wanted to throw Huawei under the bus, even though it was probably HP, right? And this is why Obama decided to be like, oh, now you're getting spanked. Uh, we all know how that works, right? So uh, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible the way it works. So... The Clintons actually helped with this, you know, with this whole Huawei thing and um, coming out. And it was Bill and Hillary, obviously, and the compliant Barack Hussein Obama. And now we have a bipartisan bill to ban the sale of not only Huawei, but ZTE. And this is where you, as an American citizen, an active citizen, because it frustrates me a lot when I see people reelecting clowns because they don't want to bother. This is the problem we have in our country. We have the power. We are the majority. By the way, anything you see on TV, you know, where you're thinking, oh my gosh, we're overrun by liberals. We're not guarantee you the insane left is like 20% of our population. And that would include the illegal immigrants, okay? The only thing they have is big microphones, large platforms, and the mainstream media. We are the majority. And if we, the majority, actually get our butts off our seat and start making phone calls and sending emails to our senators and congressmen, we can change things around. Now, this is supposedly a a bipartisan Bill, and this was reported in in uh, on the seventeenth of this month, January seventeenth, just a few days ago, that they want to ban both of them, putting pressure on our president to diminish the relationships that he had so hard fought for us and China. It is despicable what they are doing. And if you see any of your Republicans, which I am pretty sure those seven GOP clowns that were canvassing, like Hoven, Thune, Rubio, that were canvassing for veto overrides, are probably in on this. Claiming, oh, we need security, we need to do this. No, 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 no. Our president can deal with geopolitics. You have no business being in that because obviously you're lining your pockets and obviously we need to look no further than their stock portfolios and see how they dumped stock like this in the previous years. So this is where we need to be paying attention. This is the news. This should be on every channel across the nation, how we are putting forward a bipartisan bill to formulate and push the hands of our president into foreign policy decisions. So much that they're demanding that our president extradite the CFO that they arrested in Canada. Incredible, right? Incredible. Because they're saying that ZTE was in violation of U.S. export and they violated control laws. Listen, ZTE paid their fine. They discussed it. President Trump said, this isn't happening. He got us $1.4 billion in a fine and said, no more funny business or else we got problems. And now we have the whole world ganging up on Huawei and ZTE, and they're trying to make them one in the same when they're not. 
All you have to do is look at the stock that your senators and your congressmen have been selling from 2016 since President Trump took office. Since, actually, I would say maybe December 2015, look at their financials. It's on Legistorm. Look at them dump the stock before Obama makes his, you know, remarks about ZTE and Huawei in March of 2016. Look at that go. Talk about insider trading, right? This is what you need to pay attention to, that they manipulate our policies, both domestic and foreign, with their pockets, these senators and these congressmen. That is what you need to look at. And, you know, Meng Wanzhou, who's currently arrested and she's in Vancouver since December 1st, right? She faces possible extradition. And the thing is, the president, you know, is probably saying that, you know, he doesn't want to extradite her. He doesn't want to. And people are giving him, you know, a lot of heat for that. Like, you know, he can stop it. And if he stops it, then people are going to be like, you're impeding on, on law. And he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. But you know what he should do? He should say, all right, y'all want to play? You want to extradite her? Okay, put it in a vote. But first, let me check your stocks. Let me check how many of you dumped it. Let me check how many of you are in this and you've got skin in the game. Let me see how many of you have put in short. I want to see your actual, not the self-reported stuff. You got an account with E-Trade? I want to see where you're going short, long, everything. I want everything. And the minute he says that, you're going to see how soon the tunes change. Huawei isn't something that happened yesterday. It's been around. ZTE isn't something that happened yesterday. It's been around. But our president is fixing it. And right now, we have every single global leader going after China, which makes it seem like they're trying to pull us into a war. And China, that is highly reliant on its tech exports, We'll have no other option than to fight back. And think about it. What have I said before? If China ever goes to war, do you think Japan will side with the West? No, they won't. They've got eons of history with China. Do you think South Korea and North Korea will go against China? No, they won't. Because they've been around together for thousands of years. It's all about long-standing relationships, regardless if they get along or not right now. Bottom line is, it's our culture against theirs. And they will all team up. And it will be a hot mess, thanks to them not wanting to be exposed for Spygate and trying to pull us into a war. So I would think that President Trump might say, all right, let's just audit all these self-reported financials and see what's really going on here. I'll see you guys after the break. Well, we'll continue on this, talk about a little bit about Ruth and all this fake news.
Welcome back host, have a great show. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back for the second half of this hour. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, as you know, second half of the hour, if you have anything to input or question, you can call in to 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. And again, you can find uh, great independent investigative citizen journalists on torysays.com and uh, follow me on Twitter at Tori underscore says and Gab as well as at Tory underscore says. So like I said, the media is not reporting what should be reporting. It should be reporting that we are in a very volatile state. Our president tells us exactly what we need to know. And obviously no one's putting out there. I don't even see any conservative media talking about this because Huawei is a big deal. It is a very big deal because like I said, they are cornering China right now. And that's how you instigate things. That's how you push people to war. That's how you expect them to fight back. Kind of like Kim. Everyone was against him. So what's he going to do? Demonstrate and flex his nuke power. Because even as a little child, if someone put you in the corner, your face would go red and your fists would clench and you'd be ready, right? For anything. You're game on. Adrenaline will be pumping. Same thing here. We've got supposed spies being ousted in Poland and Huawei's like, well, we're firing them. We had no idea because they're trying to implicate. They are all ganging up. We've got Germany, the UK, Australia, and now we have a bipartisan bill demanding it, trying to force the hand of our president to extradite. And our president has said that, you know, he suggested and he's telling you that he will intervene in the case against Huawei chief financial officer Wanzhou, if he actually thinks that it'll implicate any trade talks with Beijing because his policy is America first, not what the globalists want, not how they want an easy way out, right? And you know, this has been reported since December that our president had said that. And he got a lot of backlash from U.S. lawmakers and former government officials, of course, because they all had a hand in Huawei. So as I told you, the Clintons are implicated in this, Terry McAuliffe specifically. And here's where you can actually see how this um, actually came to be. So remember, I told you that her main, you know, sponsor, funder, Deep Pockets, um, bought Green Tech. And and that was back in uh, 2010 where – GTA had acquired it and uh, Charles Wang had found that and then he brought it over and it merged with VL Automotive in uh, 2014 and uh, they created the company that was supposed to go forward, right? So they completed construction in Mississippi. So they brought jobs, obviously, what? Making what? 
promises of EB-5, remember, EB-5 visas, creating jobs, right? Here we go. And so Terry McAuliffe, you know, that company went defunct February 2018, uh, filed for bankruptcy in 2018, February 2018. Nobody talked about that. Why would they tell you the news? Why would they tell you that Hillary Clinton is on the chopping block and every single connection? Because it also includes Obama. That's why. They're not going to tell you that. They're not going to tell you how her brother manages most of their funds. They're not. But Tori is, I'm going to tell you that because I want to deliver actual facts, things that the media thinks you don't need to know about, you know, where I'm not zooming in on one little thing. I'm zooming out. So you get the whole picture, right? So here's where it gets really, really complicated. Um, no transparent, let's say. I'm going to play you this clip that I told you about Huawei, and this is from 2012. Take a listen to the campaigning they did for this technology under the Obama regime. Here we go. Let's play this. It's from 2012. Hey, here we are in Times Square, ready to introduce the people of New York to Huawei. Now let's see if they'll be able to pronounce it. I know you're in a rush. Please. You guys, can I ask you guys a quick question? Super, super quick, all right? What, what are your names? Jimmy. Jimmy? Christy. Christy, all right. I want to ask you guys how you think you would pronounce this word. How would you pronounce this word? How would you pronounce it? Howie. Hawaii? Uawe. Hawaii. 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 I would say Huawei. Huawei. Huawei, yes. It's actually pronounced Huawei. 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 Now do you like what that's like? What do you think they do? Uh, Car company, maybe? Sell flowers? Sell flowers? I feel like it's either like an airline or a small Hawaiian island I haven't heard of yet. Electronics, like cell phones. You were all right. <laughs> it's a cell phone yes. company. Wow. Wow. Huawei. 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 Wow, Huawei. So they did a huge push. Some people knew about it, and you know why? Because if you were an Amazon customer in 2012, if you were on eBay looking for a cell phone, if you were out there, Huawei was there. Yes, they were. They were everywhere. They put a lot into it. Hey, one guy said, yeah, car company. That's right. Because green tech was incorporating their technology. Here is where the news omits the facts. You know, a lot of people say nothing's happening. I saw from a beloved person um, who I love and I met uh, just over a year ago. She had posted, you know, when it seems that, you know, God isn't doing anything, he's doing things in the background. Well, you know, that was like, that's exactly what President Trump is not saying that he's God. Okay, let's get that straight. But this is it. There are things happening that you can't see. And our president is standing firm. So I would recommend that people question these things. And I'm pretty sure that our administration right now 
is investigating the portfolios of every single senator and representative in our house that had or has ZTE and Huawei stock. And here's the thing. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious because these people think that Americans are stupid. Not anymore. Just like Pompeo said, people are asking the right questions. You know, kind of like Pelosi. She's like, I have stock in this, stock in that, because that's direct purchase in her name. But she also has a lot of these mutual funds or virtual funds or mutual fund sponsors that have a lot of other stuff in there and has brokerage accounts like Heidi Heitkamp has huge E-Trade accounts. And you're thinking, well, what are you housing in E-Trade? Because it's not just e- it's not E-Trade stock, E-Trade trades. So what, what positions do you have, everybody, former? and now in ZTE and Huawei or what did you have and when did you sell because again following the money will tell you everything you need to know right and this bipartisan bill that's coming up this arrest by the Canadians because they're forced to you know this USMCA has really killed their relationship with the crown and the European Union and this is them flexing their what loyalty to the global cabal They're all suddenly uh, about, oh, you know, they've broken the laws. They violated sanctions against, against Iran and they had done so many bad things. Yeah. Well, they did that right in Iraq, Saddam Hussein times, yet you promoted them in our country. You implemented them in all technology. Our federal government has tech and actual electronics with Huawei tech in it. But now you're remembering it 20 years later that something was up. Really? Come on, guys. I mean, they really think we're stupid. But, you know, like I said, they're the minority. And the problem is, is that they have the biggest platform. These blue check marks on Twitter, the verified accounts with like millions of people following them and the fake news. Because unfortunately, the fake news is there and it's in your face 24-7. And if they're not saying it on their shows like that dude Matto or, you know, Jake Tapper, the flapper, you know, if they're not mouthing it off they're inserting it into your tv shows the programs you like to watch you know these fruity you know type sjw agenda items you know to just comply and accept what they tell you it is pretty incredible incredible that they're not saying hey we're on the verge of war right now because you know zte took a really big hit President Trump said, hey, we need to talk with them. We need to sit down, you know, and Trump actually singled out Obama and Schumer back in May of last year. And he said, you know, it's funny to watch the Democrats criticize trade deals being negotiated by me when they don't even know what the deals are. And when for eight years, the Obama administration did nothing on trade except let other countries rip off the United States. We lost over $800 billion a year under Hussein. And he said that in a tweet. And, you know, a lot of people have disputed the fact, disputed the number of $800 billion, but it's true. That's the way it is. And Trump planned with ZTE um, uh, to affirm that it's actually going to hire American officers, our own people, our 
administration's people to follow compliance. And they paid us a fine of $1.4 billion. They're done. They've done their time. Why are they still chasing this? Because they want war. They want us to not have good ties with China. And if we don't have good ties with China, we don't have good ties with North Korea. And if we don't have good ties with North Korea, no good ties with the Far East. And that is a problem because they are very technologically advanced. And that is fact. And we will not give in because our president is not a pushover. He doesn't go on apology tours. He says it like it is. And he tells you what's going on. But you know, again, the fake news is indeed the enemy of the people because they won't tell you this. You know, if you run across your senator, you won't be able to ask him, hey, why are you going to be voting on this bipartisan bill about ZTE and Huawei? Tell me why. Our president wants to make peace with the Faris. He wants to hold them responsible in a, in a responsible way to our relations, our trade deals, and our benefits. Why are you jumping on the global bandwagon? You can't ask your senator or house representative that because no one is telling you about it. It's out in the paper, but no one's really reading it. Nobody really reads. I mean, now New York Times and the HuffPo are so desperate in order to even read their article, you got to pay. They want you to pay a dollar and subscribe. No, nobody's going to do that because they can go to places um, online and find citizen journalists that are doing their job for free. Because great patriots work for free. They're out there working for you and working for their country without pay. Kind of like our president. Because while everyone's sitting there crying that 800,000 people have been furloughed, which are going to be trimmed, and they're being trimmed as we speak, they're pink slips that already went out. But, you know, it'll raise a question if you're like a GS-10 and got fired. It'll be like, well, why didn't they fire the guy that sat next to you? Well, I don't know. Maybe because orange man bad? I don't know. So they're not reporting it. They're waiting for the mass one to come. And then we're going to have CNN and all of them have a party on how bad it is and how he fired them. And now we have a, a detrimental deficit in government workers and how we're not functioning. But hey, guys, we're on day 32 and we're working just fine. For me, it's a little bit of a delay because I can't get updates on the filings and the investigations that I've requested from the office of the inspector general. But I'm pretty sure they're looking into them. That's fine with me. As long as we're operating and speaking of downsizing our functions, let's talk about Obama. So we noticed one thing that our president kept repeating throughout his campaign, which was what? Our military has been destroyed. And I'm telling you as someone who works with soldiers and officers that the ones that have come in since 2008 are front holes, okay? Spineless. They are SJWs with a capital S. They do not know what authority means. They do not understand procedures. And those of us that have worked prior to the Obama administration and prior to 9-11 that understood what discipline and fighting for your country meant and what it means to have your P's and Q's are very frustrated. And so President Obama allowed people like Manning, so Bradley Manning, Chelsea Manning, you know, pawn right there, 
pawn right there. Never had any transgender stuff until he got into jail and was thrown in a brig. And then he was pardoned because he was conflicted in what God gave him his own reproductive organs. Conflicted, of course, of course, right? Conflicted. So here is where he really destroyed us. Aside from the fact that we were getting Chinese steel that is not the same quality, it's kind of like if you go to certain gas stations, and I'm going to give you this as a tip for anyone that travels overseas or will ever work overseas, always pay attention to where the locals go for gas. Don't go to like Shell because you know Shell. Follow the locals because the thing is they water down things. Like that's a real thing. Like they will have like a gas tank you know, underground, you know, so you can pump your gas, which is 75%, you know, the gas that you want to pump. And then they add water. They water it down. I'm not joking. This is like a real thing because they try to make it. This is what China did with their steel. We have the most flimsiest steel that you would think it's aluminum foil. And then, you know, that raises questions as to how airplanes actually cut through 9-11 that had American steel, you know, in 9-11, how it cut through, you know, the towers like butter, but hey, you know, different conversation another time, right? So he not only minimized the quality of the equipment that we had as a military, but he minimized and desecrated the quality of soldiers we had. Here's the thing. If you are a transsexual, if you're trans, it means you suffer from a psychiatric slash psychological condition called gender dysphoria. It means you don't know what bathroom you want to use. You feel like you're, you know, a man trapped in a woman's body, a woman trapped in a man's body, and you seek to change it. Now, as a woman myself, I can tell you that we have... Uh, well, let me use my scientific hat. We have hormones as women that are completely different to those that are men. And if we don't have our hormones in check, we become raging monsters. All my men out there know what I'm talking about. We have that God-given gift of birth. But, you know, for about 45 years, we're plagued with the hormone fluctuations to be able to provide a child. And let alone any one of you that are listening that have been pregnant or have been around a pregnant person, you know how that goes with the hormones, the crying, the instability. Okay, instability. Because when I was on a mission, I actually was pregnant. Now, you would say, how wrong? I mean, your mission was only a couple of weeks. Why would they pull you out if you were only two months pregnant? Because of hormones. Because hormones block your ability to think properly. When you are unstable hormonally, and we know this even with depression, you don't have the right, you know, chemicals going in your brain, you're depressed. So this is all about chemistry. So think about it. When a dude wants to be a chick or a chick wants to be a dude, they suddenly have to take supplements to sup to suppress the already hormones they have to make them more like the other sex. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If I'm out there getting sand in my boots and I have a dude behind me that used to be a chick that's on testosterone supplements, there is no way I believe that they have my back. That is fact. If I'm out in a pit, if I'm out camping somewhere, or if I am sitting slotted into a situation to just observe. And I know that next to me sits someone that is dependent on hormones that they have to take daily or shots they have to take daily. I know my back isn't covered and it's just a matter of time for me to die. So today's ruling of banning transsexuals from the military is a win. 
because we cannot have people with psychological disorders. We can't have, have children that have been on attention deficit disorder medications because parents don't know how to parent. That's fact. And Obama killed our military. Why? It's a lot easier to drop a nation to its knees. It's a lot easier if you actually have a military that can't support itself. It's so, so easy to take over and enslave you further. That was the whole plan all along. And this is why our president is reinforcing our military. And I don't care if anyone tells me they have rights. They have rights to do their own thing on their own time. But when it comes to the battlefield, there is no way. I wouldn't even trust a woman who is menstruating next to me while in a battle zone. You know, I wouldn't even trust myself. Those are the times that you're just like, okay, I need a timeout for 24 hours until I regulate. Because when it's a life or death situation, you do not have people that are chemically unstable next to you. These people don't know. They... they, They go contrary to what has been given to them as fact, their organs. They're conflicted inside as people. This is why we have high suicide rates. It's not because they're not allowed to slap on boobs or cut off penises. It's not. It's because they're frustrated because they don't feel whole. And that goes to them coming to terms. It's kind of like you're a victim of rape. You know, it's not going to fix anything if you kill yourself. It's not going to fix anything even if you kill your perpetrator. What it's going to fix is you talking about it, talking out your frustrations. And a lot of people will say, well, that's not right if they want to change. Sure. I have friends that have had sex changes and I could tell you that I was right all along. They should have just talked because even if they have their sex change, they're still not happy. Still not happy. Very not happy. Especially the ones that can't even remotely look like the other sex. It's totally fine. But they are unable, unable to serve in our armed forces. Just like we should not allow people that are insanely liberal to serve in our armed forces. Or people that don't know how to take orders that defy, that think that this is the way to go. We need people that follow orders and have one thing in common, and that's to uphold our constitution, uphold the foundations of our nation. And right now, our military is riddled with people that don't like to follow orders, the people that don't like protocols. They don't like, uh, you know, you telling them what to do. And if they think that something you're telling them to do, like fill out this paperwork is unnecessary, they won't do that either because they know better. Because like I said yesterday, my, my most favorite quote is the shallow knowledge, right? That Martin Luther King talked about. It is those half baked educated because see, if you're having a debate uh, with someone that is uneducated and having a debate with someone that is, is educated, it's fine. You know where you stand, uh, you know, each person's capacity and you know how it'll go. The discussion, the outcome, you can predict it. But when you have someone who is half baked, educated, half educated, so I would call them under educated or half educated, they are the most dangerous because they think that little inch of education they have qualifies them to speak and the education that they lack, they quantify with the education they have in another place. It's just insane. Even Socrates said the most dangerous person to a democracy is that who is half knowledgeable, 
half knowledgeable, not completely unknowledgeable, right? Because someone that has no knowledge can learn and someone that has knowledge can uh, improve on that, right? The one that has half knowledge is the craziest one. It's the one that will start screaming. It's the one that it gets triggered because you don't get it. And this is why their arguments end in racism, xenophobia, shut up, you're a racist, you should die. You know, all those things that liberals like to say and, you know, we should hang you or I'll do this. These are comments coming from half educated people, not uneducated. See, an uneducated person will not even have a response or even give you an argument at all. They'll just be like, oh, I don't know. The half-educated person will argue with you. Even when you throw facts as an educated person and say, wait, I know this. Let me tell you. And they're like, no, let me tell you. And it's like, okay. It's like having people tell me, you know, you don't, you know, I had someone say, you know, people don't seem to understand how awesome America is. You know, I don't understand why people think Americans are stupid. I was like, have you ever left your city, town or state? Why don't you go out there and see how far, uh, how more educated Right. And how far along they are um, in cultural acumen, in academics, in language abilities than you are. And then you'll realize why they think we're stupid. You know, it's all about knowledge, 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 knowledge. And Obama destroyed our military by slotting in a lot of half baked people that are confused about their gender, you know, and, you know, like, uh, things that they shouldn't, you know, I'm just saying our military used to be strong and impermeable, had people with discipline. And now they're all soft SJWs. And every time I see someone on Twitter saying, well, I'm a veteran and I hate Trump. I'm like, then you were never really a soldier. I'll see you guys in a bit. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855 855- 729-78. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. 
If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Okay, and welcome back. I'm your host, Tori, for the last um, half of a quarter of my show. Again, the number is 215-867-8255. And I've been getting a lot of messages in regards to how this transgender ban will be in effect and how um, you know media is going to have a feeding frenzy on it. Because today, um, on, uh, not just the CIA has its 73rd birthday um, from uh, 1946, where Truman actually established it, but we got Roe versus Wade birthday, and we've got all these pro-murder people out there, you know, people that are advocating for babies to die. And, you know, uh, usually it's people of color that you see, you know, black, Hispanic, supporting abortion, right? And those fluffy ones that'll never get pregnant because nobody wants to touch them. Uh, You know, it's usually the women that no one would actually think of you know, coitus, having coitus with them that are the loudest saying that they need to protect their rights. Like no one's going to touch you anyway. So it's a great thing that, you know, you don't. I'm going to stop because I'm just being mean right now. Okay. So they're having a frenzy on this. They're calling, um, Supreme Court racist, you know, obviously Ruth didn't have her say in this opinion and everyone's losing their mind, uh, you know, but, you know, she's been dead. She's on ice and they're going to pull the plug just to delay the State of the Union. We all know this. You know how that goes. Uh, So I'm grateful. This is a win for the military uh, because, you know, as a mother, as a veteran myself and a mother of a child entering, I would hate to know that there is a possibility that she could be in a situation and be placed next to someone that is mentally unstable, chemically unstable. I don't care what anybody says. Science is science. Half-baked knowledge doesn't work with me because I know this stuff. And almost everybody and their mother knows this stuff because they've encountered a woman before. So if a guy wants to be a woman or a woman wants to be a man, we know hormones play a big thing because, you know, men go through menopause too, you know, with that testosterone drop in their forties. And then they start getting sports cars to feel better. You know, this is why you always see, you know, 
that white haired dude in the sports car. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's science. And we can't have things like that. Our military should be able to execute orders, should be able to stand ground, should be able to be neutral and impartial and not bring their opinion, but follow orders, something that our military has not been able to do for more than a decade. And you know what? Let's extend that. Our federal workers should be doing the same. See, when you work for the federal government in any capacity, be that military intelligence, uh, you know, an administrator, a janitor, or whatever, you need to park your religion, <coughs> excuse me, your beliefs at the door. Because when you're in that position, you are serving the public. And the person that you'll be serving may not believe in the same God you do may not believe in the wars you do, may not believe in the fights you do, may not believe, uh, you know, in societal values, may not believe in this. You need to park it at the door. That is how you are an effective public servant. And this is why I've been saying the one thing that I'm going to try to do now that I have a great congressman in the House, um, Congressman Kelly Armstrong, is to see if we can introduce a bill that would disallow wealth to be generated by our senators and congresspersons and anyone entering into a federal position. Regardless, we're talking FBI, DOJ, because all of them suddenly become rich. And you're thinking, just how much do they get paid? Jeez. Like, how do they have these big, fat stock portfolios? It's called insider trading. So that's one thing I'm hoping to put forward in a nice formal, you know, recommendation and send it out to him and some other representatives so it can be introduced. Because this is important. Our public servants should be serving one thing only. And that is our nation's America first policies. That is all they should be worried about. And this Hawaii ZTE, like I said, if we actually look not to what they've um, reported, you know, in Senate filings and Congress filings, you know, of their financials, but look into those companies that they say, like, you know, like, for example, Heidi Heidkamp says, I have, you know, 250,000 in E-Trade. All right. What kind of stocks does E-Trade trade for you? What do they hold? And not now, but let's investigate the transactions from 2015 till today. Let's see the positions they have. Short, long, sell, what? This is what we need to focus on because they've already done it. They've already made their money there. So once you can point that out, you could say, oh, this is why you're so eager for this supposed bipartisan bill because this bipartisan bill that they are pushing is nothing but trying to force our president to align with the global agenda. And that's to find you know, the culprit there's, it's always easier to just point the finger at someone else when you're in trouble, right? It's like when you were a kid and you had your sibling next to you, I've done it a million times, you know, you drop the cookie jar, you drop the flower pot, it's a hot mess. And you know, your parent, your aunt comes in and I'd blame the two-year-old and I'd be like, well, he did it, you know, or she did it. Uh, because it's, it's easier for us to just shift the blame to someone else that's totally impartial, had nothing to do with it because then we exclude ourselves. And this is what we're seeing the globalists do. They're ganging up on China because they want war. They want to show that President Donald J. Trump, who has created peace with North Korea, 
who has created great relations with China is false and that he failed. And this is how they're going to show it. And if we see any senator that is supposedly a conservative, I'm telling you, if I see, I will just be exposing all your financials bit by bit on the internet and pushing it and swamping things and doing things because I will expose exactly who you are. And remember, there's ways to recall corrupt clowns. So if you see your senator or your congressman backing this, you know that they are out for blood against our president because that is the whole point of this move. This move by the globalists is to show that, hey, he didn't do anything. He says he did, but look, it's all volatile because, you know, China's so bad. And then when China's like, all right, guys, we're going to war, Kim's going to be like, yeah, let's do it because the West is just horrible. And they've been horrible to them. They have. Because they've been pressuring Kim to back his currency by dollar and he didn't want to. They've just been, you know, this is, remember, we have to look at the money. Cuba, Libya, Iran, and North Korea are the only countries that don't back their currency with dollars. So uh, Libya's gone, so forget that. They back it with the dollar now, but anyway. But Syria, let's not talk about that. Let's just focus on the thing that, that they're trying to drive our foreign policy. They're trying to make a mockery of our president with all these developments and advancements that he has done for our country. This is what the chatter is in the background. And, you know, a lot of people may say, well, I don't know. I mean, they seem pretty stellar and President Trump seems to like them. Yeah, that's business. Because if I was President Trump, I'd have, you know, Thune, Rubio, Hoven right by my side. I would have them right by there because they're snakes. You keep them close and you keep a close watch, especially when you know what they're doing. All of them will be recalled, if not for crimes, because it's pretty easy for one to put one and one together, how you suddenly flip, you know, Huawei stocks and then suddenly be like, yeah, we need to get rid of them. Drop ZTE stock and say, yeah, we need to get rid of them. Of course, because you just sold it high and you're dropping the stock. And then what you do is you buy low and then something happens and it's like, okay, we'll fix this. You know, I want to see how many people rebought ZTE stock after they dropped it and it went low, low, low on the stock market and President Trump decided that he's going to reinstate them. I wonder how many of these clowns repurchased at that price. And they're selling now that this bipartisan bill during this arrest. I want to see just before the arrest, maybe a week. Even a day, because, you know, it's really not illegal because the STOP Act uh, that they passed to uh, reprimand for insider trading doesn't apply to Congress and Senate. So I want to see how many of them. I'm curious, super curious, and I'm pretty sure the administration is, and I'm pretty sure they're already doing their homework because the one thing we can't have is have people in our House and in our Senate that do not represent us that do not have our priorities straight first. They don't have our security. They don't have our back. They don't want us to be economically independent from the rest of the world. They want us to be dependent. They want us to uphold this stupid ancient convention when we don't have to. This was the point of Pelosi flying over there with her chosen cabinet and family members, you know, to reassure NATO that we're not going to pull out because if we do pull out, they have no money. And without the United States and with the United States, with a stronger military, more devoted, better equipment, and with allies where people didn't think allies existed, they are nothing. 
So the ball is literally in our court. And the only people fighting that on a global scale are our own representatives, the people that we've elected into Congress and Senate. And we are all responsible for that. So it's about time we hold them to it. If you won't do your job, we will get you out. That is the way it is. And if not out, because we can't recall you, we'll find a way to charge you with a crime. I mean, I've already got hove in the crosshairs. This is how you get rid of them. If there's laws that tell you that you can't recall your senator or congressperson, I can guarantee you there's tons of other ways to do it. Because if they're dirty in that sense, that they don't look after our nation's priorities, if they don't look after our nation's needs, you sure know that they are not doing things according to the law. And no one is above the law. And Huawei... ZTE, that is all going to circle back to Hillary, Obama, and senators and congresspersons. It's just a matter of time, of course. Now, you know, um, just to say on Ruth, uh, you know, I said it two months ago, and sometimes you just have to toot your own horn, but I said that they're going to pull the plug on her when it's most inconvenient. See, having her die right now and announcing it right now would delay the State of the Union, and it's an inconvenience. You know, we'll have to push it. We have to do something. You know, we'll figure it out. Maybe they'll go on to another plan of attack because, you know, that's, that's how they roll. They, that is how they roll. They plan attacks and they plan ambushes. And then when they fail, they like delays. So I said it, darn it. They're going to pull the plug. Like when it's inconvenient, January, February, I said it. And I'm telling you that is exactly what they, uh, what they're going to do. I mean, I pretty much thought that Jimmy Carter would be next because he didn't get an envelope. (laughs) He was looking for an envelope during the funeral, which was hilarious. I'm just saying if the envelope theory sticks, you know, Carter didn't get one. So he's kind of out of the loop. So maybe, you know, they're going to plug him up. I don't know, but Ruth is out. We're seeing a huge, um, swift attack against Christians. What we saw happen to those young boys was incredible. The way the media took it out. I mean, how many more times do we need to see example that the mainstream media is indeed the enemy of the people? You know, we see people like Kathy Griffin. I mean, even Cardi B. And the thing is, guys, okay, Cardi B came out. She was talking smack. She even talked smack with Tommy Lauren. And the thing is, they dragged her into this, not because she's knowledgeable. No, because they wanted to kill her money. See, Cardi B, the only way, the only reason that she is more successful as a female rapper, because you have to look beyond the stupid things she said. She just was pulled into the trap. But the thing is, the only reason Cardi B was is a successful rapper, better than Nicki, Nicki Minaj, better as a singer making money than Beyonce, you know, in such a short time. And this is a woman that is completely from a very rough life. She um, was a stripper. She has no qualms about it. She made her money and she pushed and pushed and pushed and made herself. So she is not, she has not been fostered into the system like the rest of them. And what they did was they crucified her because we all know what happened to Eminem. He's done the minute he came out. Snoop Dogg, whatever. Like they forget that the taxpayers are not on welfare. They're the ones buying albums and concert tickets, not the granola munchers that want universal income and demand $15 an hour for flipping burgers or getting, you know, um, 
feminism and uh, gender studies degrees. They're not the ones that have the money. The taxpayers are. And so what they did was they did it to kill her income because you didn't see Nicki Minaj after the loss of Hillary Clinton come out and say a word. You didn't see Beyonce come out and say a word. Well, you did see her at a concert with Obama, which was really creepy and weird. But, you know, they tried to kill her income and they lured her in because, you know, she has half knowledge. She's street smart, but she's not politics smart. Not saying that she can't speak. She's a citizen. She can have an opinion. She could say whatever she wants, but she is killing her brand. And now she just killed a lot of money because now I won't buy her stuff. I was a Cardi fan because she's she worked her butt off. She may not be articulated, but I liked her story. I liked her perseverance. And now they just killed it for a couple of laughs and to kind of inject, you know, this hate. And then she had Kathy Griffin call her out like, uh, oh, I love Cardi B. And it's like, um, uh, Kathy, you have one foot in the grave. Your face looks uh, worse than longitude and latitude lines on a detailed cartography, you know, textbook. You know, you need to just stop. You stop. Just shut up. You have a picture of, uh, of, of our president's head, you know, demonstrated. It's disgusting. She called for doxing of children. Like these people have no bounds. And again, I tell you, pay attention. They're the minority. They have nothing. They are not a lot. If you look at Kathy Griffin's tweet and I went through all the tweets. I like to see the responses. Sometimes I get pissed and I'll respond sometimes in not so nicely terms. Other times I'll just mock them. But if you see there were leftists, friends of hers on there saying, Hey, Hey, this is taking it a bit too far. And she responded like, Oh my God, are you like totally like apologizing for these kids? And it's kind of like, look at what they did. They pulled in Cardi B, who has nothing to do with them, has no relation. She has not been forced or she's not in that pedo gate network because she's got a baby that she loves. And I guarantee you, Cardi being street smart, if she really finds out what people like John Legend and all of them are into, she will be the first one to flip. And, you know, it would be cool if someone would ask her, hey, Cardi, I know you hate the president, but are you happy that he's arresting child traffickers and that we have more than 50,000 of them locked up since he's taken office? Aren't you happy that he's calling it out? Aren't you happy that he's making laws that babies don't get raped? She's going to tell you. Yes, because she's walked through that life of seeing things that are not right because of the occupation she did. She saw a lot of stuff that shouldn't be going down and that isn't right and that she wouldn't want for her daughter culture. Do you see where I'm going with this? They tried to destroy her because she was the only one that was impartial and they wanted a bigger platform because everyone kind of like me liked her story. The independent story, the, the, the coming, you know, out of it story. You know, I came out of this dark, uh, you know, environment and I've made it myself. I owe no one anything. And I dictated what I'm going to do. And I didn't do what labels told me to do. I did what I wanted to do. This is something that the others didn't. They have no platform. They're pulling wherever they can, not platform. They don't have the people. The left is abandoning them. They don't understand why they're so insanely against this border. It makes them suspicious. 
It makes them suspicious. They're losing their own base. It makes them highly suspicious of why would you not want this? Just just give him the border, man. He's giving us DACA. He's giving us TPS. He's at least negotiating. You're doing nothing and you're saying no. What is going on? So what they're doing is they're trying to pull from wherever they can to just spill vitriol and have all these granola munching, half educated people jump on board. There are people, you know, like President Trump said, I'm declaring that January 15th is Martin Luther King Day, right? And people were like, he's so dumb. That's happened before. Oh, my God. Didn't Reagan do that? And it's like, well, actually, it was like labeled as like the third whatever day of January or something. He actually gave it a date. An actual date, a fixed date that every January 15th from now on will be Martin Luther King Jr. Day. That is what he did. And yet the left, this is how half educated people operate. They start mocking. Oh, my God, he's so stupid. Did he really do that in public? And I was watching it. I was thinking, wow, it's not only about the misinformation. It's about being half baked educated. Most dangerous thing ever most dangerous thing that is what's plaguing us is that and it's our education system look at it we're not even teaching kids math this common core is teaching them how to do lower order math and not be able to do higher order math my eldest is a has a major in mathematics she's super smart mommy loves math as well right so i'm trying to push that onto my kids that math will give you answers uh you want to answer a philosophical question uh you know put each question that you have in every variable as a letter as a symbol and work it out like a math problem and you'll see how easily things can come math is a universal language it's ones zeros it's numbers and it's infinite right goes on to infinity and so that is what they've killed our students with now with common core like my my daughter my 13 year old was like she was telling us how to do uh you know 60 times 35 so i was just doing it traditionally she said no break 60 into like five like two times 30 and break the 30 into 15s two 15s and then do it that way and i was thinking why she's like i don't know i told her it's more complex you could just do the math you got a zero you do it like this and it's boom you could do it in your head and my kid was frustrated because you know, I, I actually teach my kids. I take the time to sit with them and teach them math tricks and, you know, how to understand things and walk them through problems because being able to find solutions is imperative in any aspect. You know, a lot of people say, I don't use algebra, but you can use the methods that you would use in algebra. I'm just saying. So I teach them. And what I realized is, is that this common core that was implemented was done on purpose. Because if your child can only do up to a certain level of math, which is, you know, just one single digit times a double digit just there, and then have them use it that way and do simple addition, it means that they can't function on higher order. This is why they have common core to make us half educated. Because you can manipulate a half-educated person. You can change their mind. You can tell them whatever you want because they only have half the knowledge. So you, whatever may pander to the other half and present it to them, they may readily accept it because they have no solid foundations. So what Obama has been doing, our pre- what Obama did, our president is undoing. From destroying our military to destroying our manufacturing, our economy, controlling our economy, and the education of our children. You know, we haven't heard what Betsy DeVos is up to. But I can assure you 
that when you don't hear things in the news, it means that whatever she's doing is effective. You know, very effective. What we need to do is bring it back down and reinforce proper education to our kids. You know, I've always said, if someone opened up uh, a, a public school, if we had public schools, seriously, like I sent an email to the Department of Education and maybe I should resend it because I sent it last year and I didn't get a response. But I said, if we have public schools and we actually hire PhDs in science, PhDs in English literature, people that are passionate about this stuff, guys, not just anybody, but someone that's so passionate about the subject that they just reek, you know, (laughs) it oozes out of them kind of the way I am about, uh, you know, the sciences, I get excited. And if I can convey that excitement to children and convey the information correctly, because I love it so much, then they will understand it and they will learn and have the solid foundations. And that's important because right now we we have useless teachers that are three years of child psychology like I, you're not there to shrink my kid you're there to teach them you're not there to coddle them and help them socially integrate that's not your job it's their job you know they need to learn how to cooperate you can have counselors on the side but when you're in that classroom teaching math you're not there to coddle you're there to break it down break it down and like I say it I'll, I, I love to dumb things down to the point that a six-year-old will understand because then that means there's no lack of knowledge. There is no gap and everyone understands. And Obama destroyed that. He destroyed our youth by implementing these strategies of teaching, by putting in teachers that have no idea how to teach. I mean, even in my city, there are teachers that have degrees in art or whatever, and they're teaching science or computer computer science. And if you look at the web pages they have, it's like, Oh my God, really? Like I could do better. And my CSS is not so good. You know, uh, my coding is not, you know, I, I can sit there. It'll just take me extra. So our president is undoing everything Obama has done to destroy foundations that are important for our country to advance. In the meantime, he's also uh, tried to diffuse global situations. And even though the globalists are attacking our president, and it seems as if he's got an armor of the American flag in front of him, the problem is, is the backstabbers that are standing in our Senate and in our House right now fighting everything our president is doing. So it's important that we are active citizens and that we, if we have half knowledge to try to gain that extra knowledge and be participating in every debate we can and hold these people accountable from your cities, your states out to the federal government. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow is Wednesdays with Laura. Don't forget, uh, after 1 PM, we'll have Laura with me for the final hour. From all of us here at Red State, I wish you a great rest of the day. And I'll see you again tomorrow, 12 to 2 Eastern Time, live. Have a wonderful day.